0: All right, what a week, y'all. So we have a podcast uh coming up. We have an interview coming up here in a little bit for everybody. And a little different. It wasn't necessarily as lighthearted as we all are used to with Katie Nida, who is the first female to score a point in division one ncaa football. I don't want to do too many spoilers alerts, but it's a great story, a story that starts from her beginning to kind of that moment I just spoke of, and a lot of important topics to get spoken about. And even within that, just some things that you really, really shine about who she was, is, and everything that she went through and how she's evolved. Um, so Pam was like, was there anything specific with, I know, not giving spoilers that you took away or that you thought would be like the most interesting thing coming
1: up? Um, just how strong she is. You know, her story is not an easy one to listen to, but it's important. Um, it's important for everybody to hear, but, but just to hear how strong you can be when you have to be, when you don't have a choice, she's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And and one thing that, uh, that gets brought up uh, near the end of this episode that is, that is still sticking with me, um, is brave. Um, and you'll, you'll find out later on in this episode, exactly what that means. And when you hear it, you're going to just. It's, it's really going to punch you right in the chest and you're going to be like, yeah, holy shit.
0: And with that, like we had people, unfortunately that weren't able to join, right? We're a large group, Steve, uh, you were one of them. I'm just curious, like, what are y'all most interested in trying to find out or what just kind of what intrigues you the most about it?
2: Yeah. From what I heard, like in the group chat afterwards, um, like I wasn't able to join, like you guys said, but, and it's a, lo- a lot more heavy than, um, our normal kind of stuff like Flem mentioned, but it's, uh, very similar to the people that enjoyed Izzy's story from what I hear, kind of letting somebody really just tell a story, let them kind of get on, uh, get things off their chest and really just kind of open up to the world. So definitely looking forward to hearing it.
0: Yeah, and Aunt Jeanette, anything specific that y'all are curious about? I, I really do hate that, you know, just some conflicting that we didn't have enough, not enough, have more people on just because I know how much y'all were interested in this specific person. Yeah, I'm just really excited. I mean, you can read her story and hear all about it, but to have
3: someone actually tell it and give you, you know, their inflection, their, you know, when they want to pause, when they need to take a break, when they need to sort of collect themselves, just makes the story so much more powerful.
4: I mean, you know, you read about what she, all she went through, and I mean, probably many of us can sort of understand that that's just the way it was back then, but to hear her go through it seems like I'm really excited for it. Right. I became aware of her uh through an article that was shared from the Albuquerque Journal by Steak Sauce. And um her association to me is less of an athlete and more of an advocate for um, you know, uh, against violence against women. And I know that she has a very wonderful, you know, she has a book out there it's called Still Kicking and it details uh a lot of her experience that was in the interview, but um from the group chats I also understand that it was a very balanced interview with a lot of humor her personality in that sense comes out and she just became a a lovable figure to everybody so I more than anybody I'm just looking forward to hearing this and just becoming a fan of her to the level that you guys are so I'm really anticipating this one
0: Yeah, it truly was great. And one thing I just want to say is if y'all do enjoy this, please stay focused and stay tuned because we have full intention to speak with her a lot more about a lot more things. She was one of the most fitting in guests that we've ever had.
2: The other thing I want to mention uh, very quickly is I really liked how quickly she was able to turn Morgan from an LSU Tigers fan into a New Mexico Lobo fan. Everyone's a Lobo. Woof, woof, woof. Let's go.
4: We are the Lobos.
2: Woof, woof, woof.
4: Woof, woof, woof.
0: <coughs> Can I get a meow, Eric? No. And welcome back to another episode of Lower After Hours. We have a very special guest today, uh, the author of Still Kicking My Journey as the First Woman to Play Division One College Football, Katie Nida, here to speak with us about her journey just growing up loving football, um, the journey in which she took her path, and how she ended up at University of New Mexico. I don't want to give the details because I know she'll share these in a much better way than I ever could. Uh, Katie, first off, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to have you.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for having me
0: absolutely it's our pleasure so yeah if you just want to kick it off um i know that there's a lot of people here that are familiar with your story our fans likely will not be unless they've heard it elsewhere so i just want to make sure don't feel like you've ever been redundant or details please share everything about your story because i I think it's really really intriguing and what you're doing nowadays
3: all right awesome thank you uh
4: katie before we get into the uh the interesting and serious stuff. Can you tell everybody about green chili and how damn good it is?
3: Well, yeah, but if I can stop you there, I'm actually a Christmas fan, quote unquote, when I got to New Mexico, I didn't know, I've had, you know, the Colorado green chili and by the way, all right, listen, I I love my home state. I love Colorado a ton. The green chili though, people like, they, they try to pit the Colorado, New Mexico green chili, it's, it's just no contest. I mean, New Mexico, every time, guys. I mean, it's 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 legendary, it's wonderful. It is, uh, sometimes I, I actually will catch a whiff of it and it's like being transported back and, oh yeah. It, it's good stuff, it's good stuff.
4: Thank you, thank you. I don't know where oh, these okay. Colorado winds get off like even trying to talk about green chili. <laughs> Stay in your own lane, grow the weed, we'll grow the green chili, you know? <laughs>
0: right <laughs> all right lower after we come to get your chili takes yes
4: <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: so, god. so you're from denver and mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna let you kind of take off here on your own but I, it, you spent four years there playing varsity if i'm not mistaken in I high school did. is that correct so before that did, how, yeah. did, how did all of this journey start because that's impressive for anybody so how did this journey
3: start oh god well it's This goes back to like me being this, you know, middle schooler um, and accidentally kicking a football in our backyard. I I grew up uh, actually in the foothills of Colorado, really great place to grow up as a kid. I've got three younger siblings. So, you know, my parents were always dumping us outside the house and whether we were shooting hoops or kicking a soccer ball around or, you know, we were always out doing something that was athletic, something to to burn the energy on yeah and um so uh i all, all four of us grew up as uh athletes and one night um i was outside with my dad and my brother we were just screwing around and tossing the football around my dad had not mowed the lawn in a couple of weeks my mom always appreciates it when i throw that detail in but it made <laughs> the grass long enough for me to uh, be able to stand the football up in it so that it could kind of the grass like worked as a little impromptu holder for me. And I uh, kicked the ball at my dad and it went flying over his head. And he was like, Oh, Holy, you know, Kate, you know, can you do that again? And uh, I, I kind of shrugged my shoulders. So I was like, well, yeah, sure. I just, you know, kicked the ball, nothing, nothing big here. And uh, he was just, Chuckling, though, because uh, I just kept knocking him over his head. He keeps scooting back and we are going inside that night. He was like, you know, well, kiddo, if uh, soccer doesn't work out, maybe you've got a football career. (laughs) And then lo and behold, I uh, worked in our middle school office and It literally was the same week when I came across a flyer that I was supposed to be hanging up about a, uh, if you want to play football in high school, you know, there's a meeting and it was that day. So my little 14 year old self decided to go And uh, the meeting is actually uh, kind of a great story because I I go walking in and it's like, you know, the really, the coolest guys in school, of course, these guys have all been playing football since, you know, they could walk. And I'm this, you know, skinny 13, 14 year old girl. And I thought, you know, I can just like grab some room in the back and stand. And that is just not the case. Uh, The entire room was packed and, there was literally one seat and it was right in the middle of the room. And I just was like, oh crap. I'm like, I either, you know, I'm gonna go sit down or I'm gonna get shoved out of this room. <laughs> so you are so, trying to hide in the back
0: of, you are trying not oh, to be noticed? Yeah. Okay. Are
3: you kidding? I just wanted to, yeah, listen in. And so I decided to slide, you know, to the seat. So I'm going really quietly and you know, these guys are all talking, it's so no big deal. But all of a sudden, this like huge booming voice with this uh, Oklahoma accent says, you know, hey, little lady, are you lost? Are you looking for the girls lacrosse meeting? That's next door. (laughs) (laughs) And I, uh, the entire room went silent. And I said, "Uh, no, sir, I'm I'm here for football. And, oh God, I must've gone about 20 shades of red the entire room just, I mean, these guys start laughing and murmuring and, you know, uh, the guy in the front holds up his hands, the coach, mm-hmm. and he says, well, hey, now settle down, guys. It's the 90s. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, you know, sat down after that and made it, made it through the meeting. And I have to admit, I i don't know what happened when i was sitting there, but listening to this, I thought, I, I want to do this. And it turned out they needed a kicker. Um, the man who uh, had the Oklahoma accent up the front of the room was a varsity head coach. So I came home and uh, told my parents, my mother was like, wait, I thought you were going to play volleyball. But <laughs> my <course>. dad, <laughs> yeah, since I had kicked with him was kind of like, all right, well, so they, they made a deal with me. They said, uh, you know, we'll take you to some real goalposts. And if you can kick through the goalposts, then we'll go ahead and let you try out for the team. So uh, we went out to an actual set of goalposts, my dad and I, and it was just like magic. You know, they say that kickers are weirdos and I fully endorse that because there is something about it that, man, I could spend hours just out there by myself, just booting that ball through that set of goalposts. And that night, I mean, we kicked until it was dark and knew at that point. So So this um, is in middle school. This is in middle school. So yeah, In middle
0: school, you're kicking, you're kicking field goals on real uprights. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As soon as they first test, you're already doing this.
3: I uh, just, God. And like I said, it, it was just like, I loved it. And so we, um, my parents went and talked to the coaches, made sure that it was okay. We had a freshman team at that time, freshmen, junior varsity and varsity. And, um, our school was actually on a split schedule because it was so crowded. So seniors are, it was our freshmen. I didn't start school until, uh, nine o'clock. We ran from like nine to four and the rest of the school ran from, you know, like eight to three or something like that um so we wouldn't get out to practice uh, right away as a uh, and so i started with the freshman team and then uh, one of the varsity coaches came down and pulled me from the freshman field and this is kind of hilarious because my parents had gotten there to pick me up and they thought um they thought for sure they were watching this unfold they thought that the coach came down and they were going to kick me off the team uh, but instead, he took me up to the varsity field to have me kick with the older guys and see how I did. And, um, yeah, ended up uh, making uh, the the varsity team and the kick for both varsity and the freshman team uh, that year. Uh, varsity was in more of a, a backup capacity. And it was, it was definitely one of those... Um, uh, you know, it was it was so unique at the time that the first time I got in and kicked an extra point with an announcer, uh, the woman was so stunned, who was announcing that she just said, and the extra point is good by K- Katie. <laughs> Forgot my last name. <laughs> Didn't even just, just went with yeah. Katie
0: and just lost it.
3: Total, total shock.
1: Yeah.
0: So that, that first field goal you made, I imagine, was as a freshman uh, on the freshman mm-hmm. team while being a backup, and then you spent the next four years uh, basically kicking field goals, I imagine, left and right. Walk me through, and, and as much as you want to tell, kind of the story, because I know you grew up a fan of the University of Colorado uh, before, I'm sure, things changed and everything of that nature, and then going. Mm-hmm. So if if you could just walk us through the uh, how you ended up at University of New Mexico and just the path there. Um, if, and share what you want to, don't share what you want to, obviously, but, um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so actually (laughs) it, it, this dates back to my, my freshman year, a huge CU fan growing up, uh, they had won, you know, the national championship in 1990. So that was, uh, back when I was like nine or 10, remembered it really well. I mean, it was a big deal. They were the, you know, they were the, football school for sure in the state. And uh, we went up to their spring game my uh, freshman year of high school. And after the spring game concluded, they had like these little stations around the field, like where you could throw the ball or, um, you know, catch it, hit a dummy. And one of them was a field goal station. And they had like these little mini goalposts set up and some foam balls and So I asked the player who was running it if I could kick a real football because there was a pile of them there. So me being, you know, this uh, little precocious 14-year-old, I decided to kick the real football through the real goalposts that were behind the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So it was, um, uh, I I think I freaked the player out a little bit. And they ended up calling uh, the head coach of CU over. And his name was uh, Rick Neuheisel. At that time, and he got on the microphone and uh said, "You know, hey, everybody, quiet down." And there are you know a couple thousand fans in the stadium at that time. And he goes, "We have uh, Katie Nida here from Chatfield, and she's going to kick us a field goal." And I was terrified. Suddenly, you know, this me, <laughs> this That's idea a of for a fourteen-year-old. Like, yeah, yeah, thinking this is not a good. This was not a good idea. What the hell was I thinking? But. Um, uh, sure enough, uh, I bopped it through, and Coach Neuheisel, you know, uh, started laughing. And he said, "Well, I've got some scholarship papers up in my office." And uh, then he got off the mic, and he shook my hand, and he goes, "Actually, seriously, he goes keep in touch." And he ended up keeping in touch with me, and they uh, followed uh, my career and uh, reached out to me for their junior recruiting day. So I went up there uh, when I was a junior and, uh, then, uh, gosh, halfway through my senior season, I met with coach New Heisel in Boulder and he extended the invitation to walk onto the football team. And I was just, uh, you know, over the the moon at that point. Uh, it was really exciting. And, you know, I had known since kicking I, you know, kicked on that field when I was 14. And at that moment, thought oh my god if I could ever you know kick here for real this would just be it's a child's dream totally yeah I mean
0: college growing up watching football now now you're going to be kicking for this team
3: yeah and the, the weird thing was is it didn't seem that out of the ordinary for me it just was um you know kind of like the logical next step it was what many of my teammates were doing who wanted to keep playing and so you know kind of kind of same thing for me um
0: that speaks levels to your confidence, though, because you it just seemed like what was going to happen. It, it seemed like you weren't even really, you, you loved it, no. but you weren't really shocked by it. It's kind of part of the plan.
3: Well, it just, you know, it became so normal so fast for us that, um I mean, I had been kicking for four years, uh, you know, at my high school school and you know it got to the point where like opposing teams guys were my age we had played each other for four years so it was like you know we all kind of knew each other and it was just sort of like all right Chadfield they've got you know Katie the girl kicker and it just wasn't um it wasn't really a thing even though I mean this was when I started it was 1995 so really the best reference I had was like Kathy Ireland and unnecessary or necessary roughness yep <laughs> sorry Um, so obviously though with CU things did, uh, not work out as planned and, uh, they had a head coaching change. Coach Neuheisel, uh, went up to the university of Washington and we got a new guy in. I wasn't quite sure, uh, what to do at that point. Didn't know, you know, I, uh, already had, this was happening in the spring of my senior year. So had obviously been accepted to see you, picked out my door and basically everything.
0: So this change occurs before you even get to Colorado.
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah. A couple I of, not aware of that. Yeah, a couple of months left in my senior year. And so I I reached out to the new coaching staff, uh, you know, kind of let them settle in. And then uh they were uh, great about it though. I met with the director of football operations and then I um, did not meet with coach Burnett, but this is this is kind of odd now that I, I think back on it, but he had uh, been quoted in the paper saying that he had watched my film and that yes, they were taking me because I was the best kicker available. Which was really important to me, obviously, because there was a lot of stuff at that time too about things being a publicity stunt, being a, a female, so people
0: accusing you of being a gimmick and this, they're doing it just for the media attention. When you, know, oh lord, do- yeah, you know, I
3: right mean now. that you know that still was happy. that still happens to me sometimes today, and I've been kicking now for like twenty seven years or something really absurd. <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, just one of those things that comes along with it, I guess. Um. So I I graduate high school and go up and start working out at CU for our summer voluntary workouts. Um, nobody could <laughs> see those, the air quotes for those, quotes. Yeah, for those <laughs> listening.
0: She did the air quotes for voluntary, as we all know, there's no such thing.
3: <laughs> yes, our voluntary summer workouts for football. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can, I had I it stop? Up.
0: I'm sorry. Can you yeah. give us some detail there? And, well, you know what? We're going oh, to yeah. it in New Mexico. We'll we'll get to that in New Mexico. You sure. Okay. okay.
3: Yeah. Oh, I got, yeah, I had a lot of voluntary workouts there. That's, too. What, that's
0: what i was like. We'll wait till then. <laughs>
3: um yeah, okay. So I head up to see you. And actually on my very first day of uh training, I am next to this big giant alignment during some set of sprints that we're doing. And uh you know, after we, we, we stopped for a second, like none of us can breathe, you know, it's, it's hot and we're all sweaty and out of breath. And he kind of looks at me and just has this sour look on his face. He goes, are you the kicker? And I said, yeah. And, um, he actually said to me, he goes, well, go home prom queen, uh, prom queen being, uh, Embarrassing reference to the fact that I was our homecoming queen while also being the football kicker. Um, they uh, that was in the in the news a little bit because they had a, a had to put the you know you get crowned homecoming queen during halftime of a football game, which I actually didn't know because I had missed all of the halftime since I was playing.
4: Right. <laughs> so
3: kind of a uh, kind of a, a funny um, funny combination there. But so, you know, he says, uh, go go home, prom queen. And then he says, girls can't play ball. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, We had to start running again. So I didn't respond to him, but I thought, all right. So, you know, there are a hundred and some guys on this team. There are probably going to be a couple who are not, you know, thrilled to have a female around. And I didn't think it was a big deal, but that was uh, unfortunately just the beginning of what was to come on that team
0: and I, I know you've told your story elsewhere and I, I don't want to mm-hmm. pry so when you say the beginning I, this offensive lineman did it stop there were there other issues that occur with that specific person was it more of a general um just the culture uh leading up to you know what eventually obviously pushed you to leave Colorado and make a change yeah
3: yeah that's um it, I think it was, you know, semi-reflective of the culture of the program uh, at that time. Um, and it, it really was, again, like I said, that, that was just sort of the beginning. And I, I dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, verbal harassment. This guy, I mean, he was a jerk to me the entire time that I was up at CU. Then there was, uh, you know, some physical harassment, whether it was uh, one of our backup quarterbacks used to launch footballs at my head when we were out warming up. And uh, yeah, thank God he was a backup, right? Um,
0: So he missed more often. uh,
3: Yeah, but it is, uh, there's nothing like having footballs, you know, zoomed by your ears and being like, whoa, what the? Um, And then, you know, uh, unfortunately a lot of it, you know, escalated into sexual harassment and included things like players groping me in the huddle and, um, you know, you know, guys getting, getting physical, getting sexual, getting, you know, um, just, just really gross stuff. And it was, it was a really bizarre experience for me because I'm out here, you know, um, on this team recognizing that, okay, there hasn't been a woman who's done this before. And I'm thinking, is this just something I'm going to have to deal with? Um, because one of the things that always threw me off, there was a lot of their harassment, uh, would occur when, there was more than one person around. So um, it really was just a handful of my teammates, but a lot of them, you know, saw stuff happening and sometimes even coaches and didn't do anything about it. So, you know, I start thinking like, is this, this has gotta be me. Like nobody else seems to think this is a problem. Am I making a big so
0: deal So you start out of almost it? thinking that you're blaming, you're not blaming yourself. You start almost thinking that yeah. it's normal and no. you shouldn't feel these things.
3: Yeah, no, I think you're actually, you're right, though. I think I was blaming myself a little bit. And it um, my relationship with my head coach deteriorated really quickly, um, particularly because he would have to speak about me in the media. And for him, it was just an extra thing. I find out, too, from the other kickers that they had held a meeting about me before I came onto the team. And the attitude was really kind of like... Um, they did this at New Mexico too. So I will tell you, you know, the differences in the meetings, which I think is really important. Um, so at, at CU, you know, the tone was kind of like, all right guys, so we're kind of stuck with this situation, you know, it's been reported in the news and all this stuff and it's a, you know, so just, uh, you know, deal with it the best we, we can. None of us are thrilled about this situation. Of course, I had no idea thought that it was, uh, you know, completely thought that I was walking into a situation where the head coach and program were happy to have me along. And that definitely was, was not the case.
0: So they're having meetings, they're discussing just the fact that you're even there is a distraction, uh, not even getting into, you know, the dark things that are happening within the culture and everything else happening with you. It's simply just your presence was an issue with. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the fact that I was out there to, to begin with, I was something extra sort of for them to deal with was the way that, you know, it was looked at. And I did, you know, there were, there were a handful of guys that I really liked and trusted on the team. Um, however, I ended up the straw that ended up kind of breaking the camel's back that uh, made me leave CU was I went over. Um, it was a, uh, starting summer workouts the next year, my, which would have been, you know, be going into my sophomore year. And I went over to the house of a teammate that I trusted a lot and uh, liked Went over to watch a basketball game. And, um, we were sitting there and suddenly he, pu- he puts his arm around me. And immediately I was kind of like, Oh, weird, you know, cause we didn't have that kind of relationship at all. And then, you know, uh, he started you know, kiss my neck and I was like, ah, what, you know, what are you doing? And he says, oh, come on, you know, uh, you know, you want me or attracted to me too. And immediately I was just like, oh no. And um, I know I, I almost started panicking right there at, at that point um, because he, um, this, I, this guy was pr- probably about a hundred pounds more than I was and I was squirming to get away to get off of the couch and instead he pushed me down and um I kept protesting and I said you know stop and I don't want to do this and he shushed me and ended up uh raping me on his couch so uh, lo and behold his cell phone rang and it was across the room for some reason he decided to go pick it up and uh when he picked up the phone it was like all of a sudden all my senses came back they sort of felt like they were shut off and i grabbed my keys i'd had my shoes on this entire time and i just booked it the hell out of there um now this is uh the year 2000 so we really um were in a different uh kind of in a different space in terms of how we talked about sexual violence. And when you when I got to college, you know, the really big thing at CU was like, hey, don't walk alone at night. Uh, you know, make sure that you uh watch your drink if you're going out, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um really focusing on the the stranger, right? Yeah, I mean nobody
0: Nobody warns you that hey, don't go hang out with your friend, right? Like nobody warns yeah. you. Yeah. It's not something that's yeah. So here they are focusing on the most obvious "quote unquote" uh, what what believed to be the dangerous places, and here you are trusting somebody and entering their home. And yeah, right, and like you know,
3: place. Uh, unfortunately, this was something that I I learned later once I uh, you know started therapy was that. Uh, you know, 70% of rapes are committed by someone that somebody knows. So you're far more likely, unfortunately, to be raped or abused by someone who is a friend, partner, etc. cetera. So it was um, uh, just a, sh- a shocking experience. I was, I think, somewhat numbed out by everything that had gone on that year. Um, I don't remember driving home. I know when I got home, I remember locking my doors and then I just sat on the couch for, for hours. And uh, my roommate was back home in Wisconsin. I tried calling her at some point that night and uh, woke up her dad. She wasn't home. And after not getting hold of her, I just, just sort of uh, shut down and, um, you know, thought, okay, I'm just going to shove this down i couldn't it was like i couldn't quite wrap my mind around being a rape victim it just was like this this doesn't feel like something i should be or something that would happen to someone like me which is you know utterly ridiculous since it happens across all demographics all age groups etc even though it is most common uh for college women in that 18 to 24 year old range so
0: yeah, and even with the statistics being most common, right? Nobody actually thinks it's going to happen to them. So I can't imagine. You know, you start. You gave yeah. yourself a title. It seems like you gave yourself the title of rape victim that day, and you weren't sure. Like, how did I get this title out of nowhere? So, what happened next? I, and I, I truly, there are some details I don't know. So I'm not mm-hmm. even just doing this. Follow-ups. Were Were you able to speak up? Did you try to say anything to anybody or? Was it just kind of a stay quiet and find something different? What was your, where were you after that?
3: Yeah, a kind of a combination of, of a couple of things. Um, you know, I ended up, you know, not going back to the team, um, to CU's football team, but my parents, um, I talked to them about a lot of the harassment. So they met with um, Coach Burnett my head coach, uh, we met with the athletic director about just some of the harassment that had happened. At that point, I had not told my parents about um, being raped. It was really tough because I come from a really close family, really close to both my parents. And that actually made it harder to tell them what had happened. And, uh, you know, I I don't know if any of you guys have kids, but I've got... (laughs) you know my dad um i mean just the way he he these guys who harassed me i mean i think he was ready to rip their heads off <laughs> and so the idea of you know telling him uh about being raped was just it was it was awful and i i knew too just how much you know um pain it would cause cause them and it 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 did eventually um, what, what ended up happening was I I left CU decided that um, I wanted to keep playing football. You at that point could not transfer to another division one school without having to sit out a year, which they just changed that literally like yesterday. (laughs) So uh, amen to that for college athletes, being able to transfer and not be penalized for it. Um, Obviously there are some good reasons sometimes why you need to get out of a school. I think my story is particularly one of those. But the year um, I went to Santa Barbara uh, City College, went to a junior college, and they allow you to play, uh, you know, ball. They were allowing you to play ball at junior colleges and then transfer back to Division One schools at that point. Uh, The problem was when I ran out onto the field at the junior college, I had my first panic attack. And everything from CU just came crashing back. And I ended up, I walked off the field, I was crying. I called my parents and I said, I can't do this. And they, um, you know, listened, ended up coming out to California. We decided to keep me there. And at that point I let them know about the rape, had started um, therapy and um, really just, it, as bad as the year at CU was, this year was almost as tough in Santa Barbara doing the the work I was suffering from, a, you know, really deep, dark depression where um, I wasn't sleeping most nights. But if I did sleep, I'd have nightmares um, and a lot of anxiety, a lot of flashbacks to things that had happened. And um, it was just... It was awful. I mean, there really is no other way to to describe that. But at the same time, you know, getting therapy and getting the help was really necessary. That you kind of have to go back through and prod it. I sometimes say that it's like surgery. You know, it's like um, if you have something that's happened to you, you have to sometimes go in and do the work, get the operation. It's gonna hurt. You have to rehab yeah. it. You're gonna have the scars, but it's the only way to to fix it. So. Um, after going through you know, therapy for a year and spending that time, I decided that I still really wanted to keep playing football. I think it was really important to me too because I didn't want this thing that I loved being taken away by a bunch of guys who just thought I shouldn't be out there. It didn't, it didn't seem right to have that happen. Um, so I sent out tapes, visited four different schools including uh, New Mexico, they were actually the last school that I visited and um, their head coach at the time was Rocky Long and Coach Long was not there when I uh, visited New Mexico. Obviously after having um, a bad relationship at CU with my head coach, I definitely wanted to uh, talk to him. So one day I'm back in California wrapping up my semester my phone rings. This is back in the day when we had landlines Caller ID. I see it's the five Oh five. And I'd kind of been napping. And I was like, Whoa, five Oh five, New Mexico Pick that up. So I pick it up and there's this gruff voice on the other line and it's coach long. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, sort of like half, half asleep. And so I'm kind of mumbling, talking to him. And he is just the most straightforward to the point um kind of uh <laughs> gruff, if you will, man. Uh he's he's the toughest guy I know. And I, I say that with great affection. But uh this phone call, I am not gonna lie, it scared the shit out of me. Um he <laughs> kind of barked at me and you know I, I I said, oh I just you know wanted to make sure that you're okay with having a you know female around da-da-da. And he was like yes And I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, there, well, sometimes there could be some, you know, extra stuff and, you know, I don't want there to be any problems. And he says, problems, there won't be any problems. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, and I'm thinking, all right. Um, And he goes, is there anything else? You know, I was like, "Uh, no. (laughs) And he says, well, I hope to see you at New Mexico. And he hung up on me and I was just like, Oh my God, there is no way I am going to that school. Like this guy's out of his mind. So after
0: this call in your head, I'm not going (laughs)
3: to. Well, the the first few seconds, but then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that was incredibly straightforward. It's the complete opposite of what I'd had at CU. And I started thinking, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe this is it. And, you know, slowly uh, the other schools that i visited it kind of fell away and it ended up new mexico was it so i think um god i might have decided like two weeks before i was supposed to report to rookie camp so i ended up deciding on new mexico and uh off i went
0: (laughs) and off you went and uh new mexico is where you now new mexico is where you first got to kick in the game is this correct Where you did you oh yeah yeah so Absolutely. kind of walk us New Mexico if you just want to kind of put a, <laughs> a put us through where New Mexico was and then you know we'll kind of go from there.
3: Uh, so in New Mexico, I'm I'm terrified when I show up there. I'm sitting here thinking, what if this is like CU? I mean, what if it's the exact same? And it was from the very start the exact opposite. I still remember, um, you know, they, they put us in the dorms and it was hot as hell, no air conditioning for rookie camp. Right. So they kind of stuck me down the hall from everybody else. I think they didn't quite know what to do, (laughs) gave me, you know, my own bathroom and stuff, but we're sort of like, eh. And I have this really vivid memory the first night of, you know, just being so nervous and so scared and trying to calm down. And this young graduate assistant comes down to knock on the door and do my bed check and it's Danny Gonzalez who you guys know is now our Lobo head coach which it's I I love him it's great and he sticks his head in and he you know says you know just doing a bed check and then he goes you doing okay and I said yeah and I remember thinking to myself when he shut the door all right I was like he's a nice enough guy all right, I've got, you know, someone, someone nice here. So Danny had left that impression on me. But it, um, it just, it immediately was just like night and day from CU. It was like these guys, um, they accepted me right in. Uh, one of my favorite stories to tell is about one of my O linemen who uh, I had gone through rookie camp with because he was a freshman and uh, I was Rob Turner great guy who ended up going on to have a great uh, career in the NFL too, by the way. But he, uh, so first day of classes, we run into each other on campus and he says, Katie, you know, where are you going? I said, headed over to like the psych psychology building or something. And he crouches down and he goes, get on. And I was like, get on. What are you talking about? And he goes, get on. I'm going to piggyback you to class. And I was like, what? so this you know uh, he's like six seven 320 pounds and he piggybacks me right over to my uh first class of the day and he puts me down he goes we got to take care of our kickers and that was sort of kind of the attitude that permeated through that program and it it happened just so fast that it was like suddenly I had a hundred brothers and you know we kind of did everything together it's like we were doing our workouts together practicing eating um you know any any free time we had we were together studying or you know doing doing whatever and um it just it was a real family-like atmosphere and it was it was great
0: yeah so it's, yeah it seems like obviously the culture was a uh, complete opposite of colorado and it seems like maybe First time since high school, you kind of felt the normal, what's supposed oh. to be a team environment.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was it was better than high school. It was just something we had really, I think, a special group of uh, guys through those years. We had a um, our team was successful, I'd say, on and off the field. Uh, you know, I think we had a great time. Um kind of doing everything together we're kind of a ragtag group of unrecruited uh people we had a lot of guys who were from new mexico kind of some uncovered gems that coach long would recruit and then uh really put together some some great teams during those years and we just kind of I don't know. We had a lot of fun. It was a uh, good, good stuff. And I had referenced you guys that they, they had a meeting before I got there too. Although this meeting was very different. It was coach long standing in the, middle of the locker room and he said, Oh, by the way, we're going to have a female on our team. I expect you guys to treat her with the respect and uh, you know, uh, th- the way that you would treat any of your other teammates. Um, and I think he, <laughs> said something like, you know, we will have no problems. And that was it. And I can honestly tell you that I did not have a single problem with the teammate during the three years I was at New Mexico.
0: Yeah, and that speaks volumes to the culture and the people that were surrounding you there. And I one thing that's missed on me and I, I don't want to I just mm-hmm. just to kind of tie the story together. So when when did the world, not your parents, find out about what happened in Colorado? Was this after New Mexico?
3: No, it was during New Mexico, while I was at New Mexico. And I think um, that's actually a, a great question, because I'm not sure if I would have stepped forward about it without the support of New Mexico, my teammates and my coaches. My coaches actually knew about what had happened at CU, long before I told the rest of the world too. Um, and they were ama- just amazing about it. It um, still kind of blows my mind because it's like you know 2003 and I have my coach is the toughest man I've ever met on the planet and he though just was um, exceptional about the way that he handled this when I disclosed it. I told my position coach first, my position coach talked with Coach Long, Coach Long, you know, asked to see me, we, we sat down and talked for a few minutes, he wanted to make sure that I had never had a problem at UNM, and I told you, I was honestly able to say no, like it's, it's great here, and, um, but that was they, because I still, you know, it wasn't like the rape just went away when I got to New Mexico. So what happened was they arranged for me, my football coaches got me therapy. They immediately had a therapist coming to um, our football facility uh, a couple of times a week to sit down with me. And uh, that was really incredible. And then here's here's the why I ended up speaking publicly was while I was at New Mexico, back in Colorado, these reports are coming out. Um, there were, I think, two or three women who came forward saying that they had been raped by either football players from my team or recruits. And so I, this actually started coming out when I was in Santa Barbara. And I remember the first time uh, one of my friends from CU had called me. And when they told me about it, I had to hang up because I went and I threw up. I was so Upset and d- didn't uh, know what to do. And my parents and I, we sent an email to uh, the CU chancellor asking them to make sure to look into this stuff due to my experience. And, um, you know, CU assured us, yeah, no problem. We got it. And uh, in the end, that's not what was happening. They just kept on, uh, CU kept on denying it, saying, we run a program that respects women and blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going, oh boy. Uh, You know, I have lived through this program. Respect. You
0: were raped through this program and they're sitting here telling the media that they're equal opportunity and there's no such thing as uh, sexual assault going on. So, yeah. And you'd love to think the world has evolved uh, to a better place. And we know things are still recently happening that we can get to later, but Uh, let's, uh, so yeah, I, I think with that, you know, do you want to even talk about the first kick that you're famous for? Because I know there's a lot of questions here. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't yeah. want to take you from this to, oh. to the kick, uh unless you want to go there. Um, yeah.
3: You know what? Okay. All of it. And that's what's so funny though. The the kick itself, like I know it's, I know it's history, but to me, it's, it just, I'm really glad that I got to play. Uh it was exciting. Um, but the, The thing is, I I think it's just my experience at New Mexico was so good that it was the day in, day out of the program that I loved so much that uh, that ended up being the most important thing. And it's funny because I, you know, I'm the one who gets named for this history making feat and stuff, but truly the The history, it belongs to our entire program at New Mexico. It belongs to every person who my teammates, to our equipment managers, to our trainers, and even to I feel like our community and fans in New Mexico, because it, the environment that I was in down there was just so good and so positive that it had to be that way in order for me to get out onto the field. So it really, I feel like it was a collective. Effort. It it belongs to all of us in New Mexico. I get all the glory for it, but it's it's not me. It's it's everybody else who made it possible for me to be out there.
0: Yeah, no. Obviously, a lot that had to go into place with the culture to get you there, but a lot Mm -hmm. of the credit still needs to go to you for uh, you know staying focused (laughs) and not losing your love for football over something that Mm -hmm. so easily could have taken that away. So, don't uh, sell yourself short with what you had to do to get there. Uh, Thank you with that katie uh i know pam had a question for you we're gonna do some questions um i'll try not to bother you too much with uh too many questions but i'm gonna kind of give some other people a chance to talk here so pam
1: hi katie hi Pam. it's so nice to meet you you too thank you so much for um taking time with us today and sharing something so personal
3: oh absolutely Um, thank you guys for I mean, giving me the opportunity, seriously, that I think the more we talk about this, the better. So
1: yeah, I agree. I actually have a daughter who's a senior in high school this year who will be going out oh, of wow. college. And so this is a great segue into a conversation I can have with her later. Oh,
3: that's, that's you. fantastic. Uh, you do not look old enough to have a senior in high school. Did you see my eyes just pop out
1: there? Just <laughs> no way. Friends, I love you. I <laughs> <laughs> Call me. So- my question for you is, it, it has to be incredibly difficult and um, can cause emotions to come back every time you tell this story, every time you share it with people. Uh, what mm. do you do to check in with yourself to make sure you're doing okay? And how do you decompress from the emotions that come back when you talk about this or when someone brings it up? How do you look out for Yeah you? Th-
3: Thank you for asking. It is. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think you know, it's worth noting that I've been doing this since two thousand and five working um, uh, in terms of I've done a lot of advocating and uh, speaking, uh, telling my own story. And um, uh, it, it took me a little while to kind of figure out that that balance because it is emotional. So like uh, today, you know, knowing that I was going to do this, I, um, you know, got my workout in before this. And then this afternoon, I kind of just scheduled in for whatever I need to do, whatever I feel like doing, have a feeling it's probably going to involve like, um, I I really like um, crappy paperback spy novels. That's like my my escape. (laughs) Anything that has like Nazis as villains, I love it. You can have the villains, you know, the Nazis are the worst. So you just, you know, I love these, you know, anti-Nazi spina or like the Jason Bourne books. You guys know those are books. Oh, they're good. I um, go back to those over and over again and I just uh, kind of escape. But the other thing that I do too is um, I've continued with uh, therapy. I don't do it every week now, but I, I um, I did a lot after New Mexico, and I literally think I did probably 12 years worth every week, and then I've just continued on with it with, um, you know, check-ins. I was really lucky. I, had, you know, great therapist out in New Mexico, had, um, you know, one in Colorado, where I grew up, who would Skype with me, because I've moved around a lot, and so having that to check in, and doing the self-care stuff is really critical, and important, Yeah. so.
1: Awesome, well, thank you so much, and again, thank you for taking time, and sharing something so personal with us, we really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, yeah, I, I appreciate it,
0: and with that, I know the kind of tying into the same thing that morgan kind of thought to you about just you mentioned earlier the school and we talked about things changing or maybe not changing so morgan uh being a prior or maybe even a current lsu fan had some questions for you
3: oh yeah Um, that's a
5: prior lsu fan um hi i'm morgan i i was an lsu fan um until i listened to and like i'm foreign so um, I don't have like the background that other people have. Um, I was kind of just like introduced to college football, oh. and and I I fell in love with it. But then oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I, uh, then I learned. Um, so um, I'm no longer an LSU fan. Unfortunately, um, I listened to a uh, Sarah Spain podcast um, that she did. Oh, yeah. with this-
4: she's a wasn't.
5: friend yeah, yeah. um and that was when i stopped being an lsu fan um it kind of opened my eyes to what yeah. was what had happened there and that's sure. not it just became something that i just felt i couldn't support um and like and i did like obviously they have like these things happen in lots of different colleges they happen everywhere in the world but there's just no accountability and, like, it, it just doesn't seem to matter yeah. and we don't seem to matter as women. And, uh, like, there has to come a point where, like, people will stand up for us and I'm and I'm, I'm sorry that nobody stood up for you and and I'm so glad that you are here with us and I'm sorry that I'm emotional. No, um, don't, it's okay. I'm
3: going to too, but don't worry. This I really appreciate- happens all the time.
5: I appreciate you speaking with us and and letting us hear your story because more people need to listen to us and hear what we have to say and understand what it's like when everyone thinks that like no one will, will believe you and, oh, yeah. and and like like to to see the words that your coaches would has said about how oh they they those boys wouldn't do that like. <laughs> but so. it's just like we need to listen to people when they say that they've been hurt and and come at it from a place of empathy and just hear people and and then maybe we can start to move forward but like I I don't want to I don't really know a lot about um Kim and her coming to LSU now, but she's awful. Basketball coach. <laughs> um, <yep>. Absolutely <laughs> awful. <piece> of work. <laughs> yeah. so I'm very much, very much happy that I'm no longer an LSU fan. Um, so I think I
3: might have to follow the Lobos now. Um, I was about to say, New Mexico, I will vouch for, uh, yeah, I will vouch for our coaching staff right now. I know they have yeah. some good men on it.
5: And, um, like, I think we have a history of having quite a few Australians go um to new mexico um yes. so th- i think i've just adopted myself a new uh-huh. team um but i thank you so much for being here and for letting us hear your story i'm sorry i'm a rambling mess it is 4 oh, 51 in the morning i apologize um, <laughs> oh, and, and, and i'm always a
3: rambling mess so that's just an excuse
4: uh-huh.
3: oh it's fair you guys just had to listen to me ramble for like 45 minutes there straight i kind of like occasionally took a breath to let you squeeze on a question but i really just uh, went
5: we appreciate any time that somebody makes Flim shut up so no it was great <laughs>
3: yeah I, I am
0: i'm you very well, well known fun. for talking
5: he's been very well uh, behaved though, i must say very well behaved today Flim. Yeah, oh, well that's because you, you do have me going but i think yeah. I, so the, we've almost got know, like a good ratio happening here of w- women to men
3: So like, we're going to keep them in line today. Oh God, that you see, it like never happens with me. I still, here's what's really cool is like, I'm still really close to a lot of my teammates and I think, um, you know, I really, I don't know if you guys, any of you Albuquerque guys or people who are in Albuquerque saw this this year, it is, it was 17 years since I spoke up about my rape and, um, uh, I, I spoke up and did it through a national publication and uh, all hell broke loose. It was a mess. I couldn't leave my apartment uh, for days. I was getting death threats. It was just, it was a total, total nightmare. And um, my my football team in UNM, I mean, they, they probably saved my life at that time. Uh, the things that my coaches did and I, <laughs> like I said, there, there are still times when I sit here and I, I try to figure out exactly how, you know, in 2003, this group of men seemed to know exactly what to do because I did get support. They did believe me. Um, it shook, I know a number of my teammates up. Um, I went and, uh, A handful of them knew about it you know like I said my coaches knew and I went to coach long first and I said I think I have to speak up about this because all the, the CU stuff was national news the other women and um he told me you know to just do whatever I needed to do and they were they supported me I went back to Colorado met with the DA filed a police report and I had uh the support of my team, my coaches during that time, Coach Long did all this stuff behind the scenes that I didn't even know about for years. When I went back to uh, school at New Mexico, I couldn't go without. Um, I had to have police protection, and he he called and arranged it. My my lawyer actually called them uh, when I was ready to go back to class and said, you know, we're going to need some protection for her with you know these threats. And they said, oh, her her football coach called he coach long took care of it already and his um you know reasoning was just like you know you're a student you deserve to get your education like everybody else and not be bothered so uh he was just so phenomenal through all this i'm thrilled that we've got these guys back on staff now because it's only a good thing
5: that's so good um it must like it must be awesome to have like
3: 100 brothers um, it, it It is. It, and it's so cool. because like, you know, last week, it's, it's kind of like we, I think having some of the having me around kind of led to a little bit of a more emotionally open environment than just having a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, having a female in there sometimes, you know, opened it up a little bit. It's so like yeah. last week, we had a call after the George Floyd verdict came in. And, you know, all talked about that together. And we're all there supporting each other. It was a good it's good stuff
5: yeah it's um not always that awful to have us around like we're okay as people i know (laughs) (laughs) and like pam and i pam and i are super lucky and chant and ali like there's four of us in this group of 30 brothers um Mm -hmm. and and they support us and they look after us and we're super lucky to have them so we don't have a hundred but um our (laughs) own little army here
3: so we love yes. the ones we've got
1: for
5: sure. It's
3: fantastic.
5: Oh, it's fantastic.
3: So if you if you don't have your army, you find your army because they're out there. I love it. No, I do, and I think that I actually I'm really big on uh, saying that men need to help us end this issue because it's not a women's issue. This is a societal issue. Any kind of sexual violence, it almost always is perpetrated by men even if it's to another man so uh you know men have to be involved it's the only way we're going to solve this so i mean kudos to you guys for being a tight crew and doing what you do that's i mean you create a culture you
5: create a culture yes. where women are accepted and then you teach each other because otherwise if somebody says that that's not acceptable that doesn't happen there
3: because uh, exactly that and is they, exactly. going
5: to suit. So it was obviously a culture that was accepted at Colorado, and a culture that absolutely wasn't at New Mexico. And that's what we have yeah, to do so as, as a collective of people is to just create 100%. a culture. Where these things aren't acceptable, and we are not pieces of meat, and
3: we are not making you a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And fuck off. <laughs> you know, I I only heard the sandwich comment once when I was a freshman. And then the next thing I know, you know, social media comes up. And oh my God, these guys. I you to make a sandwich yesterday. Jerk. Oh
4: my
5: God. It's okay. he, he, he called Steak a sheep or something.
2: <laughs> she, well, <laughs> all right. So oh, I'm going to
0: we're, I'm gonna <laughs> try to keep this moving before we get into our infamous <laughs> social media wars that we're known oh, for. Oh, God. Uh, so. I, I want to get, I want to get steak. I, I'm not sure if he will be able to stay with us and uh, we have a few more questions to get to, but uh, steak, you want to go ahead. I know you had a question about a peer of Katie's in some. Manner. Mm.
4: Yeah. First Morgan, you're my sister, Pam, you're my sister. Um, Katie, um, how how did you feel when Sarah Fuller for uh, oh, yeah. her point was, were, have you reached out to her? Do you have any kind of relationship? Yeah,
3: yeah, we do. Um, only, only, through, uh, messaging, but, uh, we do, I, uh, I reached out to her. Uh, ironically, I had one of my coaches at New Mexico who I was really close to. He was at Vanderbilt. Uh, he passed away this past year from, uh, cancer and, uh, uh, tough one. I still really, you know, love and keep in touch with all my coaches. So he was at Bandy. And I actually had another coach who was at, is at Mizzou now who was on the other sideline. So it was really fun to communicate with my coach's family and my other coach about uh, Sarah and um, watching it. And then I I reached out to Sarah through social media and just, uh, you know, I just wanted her to know that I was around to talk because at first I thought, oh gosh, you know, what what would i have wanted because there really was you know no one before me so it was kind of like i wanted to make sure that i was around in case she needed anything and absolutely for um yeah a little bit of the the social media stuff uh because that you know you got a lot of keyboard warriors out there
0: we are very very uh, aware <laughs> i'm so, sure you are uh, with, oh. with, uh and i'm going to kind of um help Morgie out for something she forgot so this can tie into mark's question mark's going to ask a question and if you want to also tie in the lsu data um, the news if you have Mm -hmm. any opinions of it you can but mark uh, your question Mm
3: -hmm. yeah i guess it it seems like every year there's a scandal or two with the ncaa whether it's like you know the fab five took some money because they're hungry which is no big deal to fall on Uh fbi Uh fall on like fbi uh raids and then there's the worst of the worst there's the Baylor and then there's the, you know, rape allegation that get covered up. And so if I make you the NCA president tomorrow, what's like the first couple things you do to
5: like, just clean it up? Because it seems like it's a mess and only getting worse. Oh,
3: wow. That, um, that's a huge question. It's a great question. Well, I don't um, know if it's, if it's, I and mean, it's not an NCA problem, if it's, at the university level because sure. like you said you had two different experiences so if there's nothing this organization can even do is that the case it's more uh, no no there's a, absolutely one of the things that has uh driven if i can maybe keep this more focused on the uh sexual violence angle would that be all right or the gender-based violence i think um if you really want me to i can I would go all in and dig on the NCAA with a lot of these uh, different scandals that we see involving, you know, the money and, you know, we've got a, a lot of issues right now for college athletes, whether it's, you know, like the name and likeness stuff that's coming out, or I just even alluded to the the transfer rule, which seems small, but that's a big deal for athletes So speaking just from a a gender violence standpoint, I think that something that has always frustrated me about the NCAA is that they have failed so many times to, uh, like, take CU, for example. So I come forward, and then there end up being, I think, 13 of us women who came forward. Um, And it was uh, absolutely, you know, state of Colorado ended up uh, holding a grand jury investigation because it's a state school, and they received state money uh, but the NCAA they just sort of like kind of humdrummed their way through it they never you know did anything didn't do any investigating didn't do any penalizing i absolutely think especially with recruits when we are talking about it what disappointed me so much when I saw the lSU um when i finally it, i actually i didn't read through all of the articles at first because they just hit so close to home for me and it was like, how is it that two decades later, we are still here where um, you know, winning is more important than anything? I'm, I'm reading that they knew and had you know something in place where their head coach Les Miles couldn't be alone with female students. But that's the guy who you're going to entrust to lead 118 to 22 year old boys. Like I, I just, for me in my head, I'm like, how, how does that work? That's who you're entrusting these guys to a guy who can't be alone with college females. So I think that, you know, if I'm the NCAA, I'm involved in these investigations and involved with penalizing these universities. I mean, they feel free to, you know, penalize a university if someone gets a, you know, a couple of free sticks of gum. So I think it would be fair to say we could penalize these schools if they are using you know women to lure recruits or are you know um having multiple sexual harassment cases come through. I do think that's uh something they should be uh involved in. Did that answer your Thank question you. at all?
4: No, it's no, a, I appreciate I know it's a big question, so it's a, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's,
3: all right. Maybe you could
5: ask her to solve like world peace, Mark. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's come close, to be honest. It's it's a go. Hi, cutie. Oh, that's one of Mark's seventy-four children.
4: He, he came in with makeup all over his face. So this is good.
5: Mm. I like it. It's right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You should do yours next, Mark.
0: <laughs> next up, we actually have Beep. He has a couple of questions for you.
2: Katie, how are you doing? Nice to meet you, Uh, fellow Lobo. So thank you very much. Um, Two quick (laughs) questions. Uh, Talk me through or talk us through one of my favorite memories of the Lobos. Uh, It was 2004. We upset Texas Tech. Talk me through what that was and what that kind of felt like.
3: All right. So first, I have to say that when I saw your vest, I thought you were wearing a Texas Tech vest and I was going to nail you on it because a couple of days ago on my twitter feed i shared a story (laughs) about when we beat tech so um first game is a lobo 2002 home game we're playing texas tech friday night we lose 49 to nothing it was devastating so yeah Unbelievable. So 2003, we come, we're at tech. Uh, it's a closer game. We don't get them. They come back to New Mexico in 2004. And uh, we have a game that just goes back and forth and it, it's title game. It's a good, um, it, it's a just phenomenal game. And it ends up my favorite thing ends up uh, on a field goal. So our starting kicker Wes Zunker, goes out there and I think it was 43 yards somewhere around there.
4: And, about
3: like- uh, yeah, there's, you know, a second or two on the clock and West just nails it through. So we go crazy and, you know, storm the field. And um, I, of course, storm the field with my teammates. I did not have my helmet on. I end up at the bottom of the pile. And one of my backup quarterbacks um, who I spent a lot of time with the quarterbacks since they were our holders too. So whenever I got sick of the kickers, um, so this guy named Tali enna who's this, who was a, this huge Samoan guy, um, great guy. One of our backup quarterbacks sees my pony down there and is like, Oh God, and he starts <laughs> cursing. And the next thing I know, he's picking me up. With, I mean, he just grabbed a hold of my ponytail. It was really long at that point, and he pulls me out of the bottom of the pile. At that point, I had gotten slammed in the face, and this is so embarrassing. I got my first real football injury—a uh, little black eye from <laughs> jumping into the pile. Got hell for it the entire week, um, but I was I was happy to take it because it was such a great thing, <laughs> and I was so thankful to Tali for pulling me out by my ponytail to make sure that I I would have gotten cr- just crushed so it was um, yeah. it was kind of a great moment. I had a headache afterwards but uh,
2: uh, I'm sure I appreciated it. yeah I, I had a headache after <laughs> that too but that was for a completely different reason um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean fair. Uh, the, second really quick question here who is a better kicker in Albuquerque? you or one of my former classmates Holly Holm?
3: Oh, 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 I, I, uh, I, mm. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Holly on this one. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, that Ronda Rousey fight. Yeah. Holy God. I mean, dude, yeah. that's that she's one of your, that is so cool. she—that's um, She's, that's the right she's answer. awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Uh, Holly, if you ever want to come kick a football, call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll hit up those Lobo fields and do it. That's awesome. So cool! You know that you performed that kick where I am right now. Yes, no, I do know. I, I was buddies. Uh, when I came back, I hooked up with uh Hugh Greenwood to do some fundraising <gasps> for oh, the university. Yeah, so we're Hugh buddies. Greenwood. I know he's great. He's a great fan. They've got a great family. They're good. He's he's a good person. Him, he, his sister, his parents. He's a good person. You look at Green, he really is. Yeah, I uh, like. Awesome. It's, hey. That's isn't that such a cool thing? Like getting to connect with like our later Lobos, I mean, he was like, he's like a baby for me. He's like 12 years younger than I am, but it was so sweet to be able to come back and like, you know, work together to, uh, we had a, his, you know, mother had breast cancer. So we raised some funds together and it just, it was really awesome for me to get to come back and, you know, still work with our Lobos to do something good for the community. So I'm such a logo a now. Place. I love it.
4: Yes, what? yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's you, have to teach you what you're doing? i can't I guess, do
0: these things I was say, but, yeah, so everyone's, every, a everyone's a lobo, a lobo.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right. you just put yeah. right. together
0: <laughs> everyone's a lobo <laughs> yeah so our, our grand finale i'm not sure uh, if you're familiar with us you have no reason to be familiar with us <laughs> but our grand finale <laughs> is uh, a question from uh, our guy lou here who's been uh, if you can tell a little occupied during so lou uh, i'll let you wrap this up
3: I'm going to say, Lou's
2: hey, got to be in the middle. <laughs> like... Yeah. Hey. So uh, I inform, I, have, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I was like, hey, I'm talking to the cool. first female to play in college men's sport. And she was really excited about that. And so she had some questions for you. Uh-huh. The, the first one was, it was, uh, how did you become so brave? And do you have a dog
4: or a cat? <laughs> oh,
3: okay. So my My dog, um, we had to put down my dog a couple of years ago. Um, But I do have a nephew dog and his name is Gus and he is a terrible runner. I try to take him out for jogs with me and he will just decide to like chill in the middle of the trail sometimes and (laughs) lay down. Um, So as much as I love Gus, Gus is um, kind of a stinker. But um, I love, yeah, I love dogs. If I didn't travel so much, I would uh, have one again. But um, sadly, not right now. And Mm. second off, I think um, I kind of like it that she used the word brave. Because here's the thing that's really important. I was scared to death half the time I was starting to do these things. And I always remind people that you can't have courage if you're not scared. Everybody's scared we've all got stuff that we're scared of this a lot of this stuff was scary as hell for me and um a lot of times I just it was like put your head down and do it and uh get through it and I think that um you know it's really important to acknowledge that we do have those fears and that that's okay it's be afraid do it anyway is that a song I just Could stole be. that from. I it's didn't, not, I didn't it's say not that. We'll I make totally just
5: stole one. that. <laughs> oh god! We're gonna wake and It will be around here. <laughs> okay, I was
4: gonna say. Well,
2: well, Katie, we got, we got. I got one more thing for you. We all mm-hmm. got one more thing for you. So, uh, we got you a little gift. Oh, I made you a little gift while we were going. So, we got you a nice hat. What?
4: Oh,
3: the Zia's uh, always. I love it. Are you serious? That is so cool of you yeah. guys.
2: Katie, can you tell us why men exist? To hold my <laughs> footballs. <laughs> So if you look on the back, oh, wait, and hold on. You got to look at the, back, look at the, the back. Oh God,
3: thank you. So that's one of my teammates types this to me one night and I was just like, well, I don't know. I mean, do you guys hold my footballs well? I mean, literally, I, That's exactly what I typed back. I was like, bad to hold my footballs. So it's like I said, uh, greatest group of guys ever. Just so good. So Kate, and greatest people. Look at you guys making me thank you. hats and stuff. Jeez. <laughs> Very nice. They're, and uh, so... th- no, I'm sorry. No, no, um, go just, ahead,
0: please. We
4: are.
3: Thank you for letting me come on with wet hair and no makeup and loving me anyways and talking your ears off and everything. I appreciate it a lot, guys.
0: No, I appreciate you joining. I think we all learned uh, mm-hmm. a lot just through the process of preparing for this and this discussion and there's a lot more, right. I think. I mean, and I'm going to sound like a Stu God here. Like, there's so much more I do want to talk about if you're everyone joining us. Like, we didn't get to touch on a lot of totally. in recent years. And oh. the beginning of this seems like a whole different mood. So come back sometime. Right? Let's have some fun on one of these. And I don't oh, say that, totally. to, to, but your personality is, it's been super great and blends in with us so well that we'd love to oh, have
3: you. thank you. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, so pleased. There are so bad. many... I was just gonna say there I sometimes I hate it because it's so important that we talk about what happened at CU but like there's all this great stuff that happened at New Mexico and sometimes I'm like why isn't this a story that it is possible I mean showing that it is possible is just so incredibly important too and there are a lot of I mean just good funny stories uh you know aside from me getting picked up by my ponytail there are just you know the regular ins and outs of the being around 100 dudes and having a girl around you get some good stuff right. uh talk i to mean tomorrow yeah seriously <laughs> no. we can talk about my period and tell you about what how you guys did that mean, it, it was is. awesome mm-hmm.
0: uh, sure. all right um let the last question <laughs> before like, we do our thank stuff. you no 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 <laughs> uh who are the denver Broncos uh drafting and then we'll get you out of here
3: okay so we obviously traded for teddy bridgewater yesterday so i'm interested to see what we do tonight uh no idea john elway always manages to surprise me so uh we'll see what happens all right with They're that the five
5: of- quarterbacks five quarterbacks they'll
3: have by the end of <laughs> today. it's it's been a ride recently <laughs> oh At apparently count it's trading the- up ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: <laughs> draft talk at the count of three, we're gonna do Thank you, Katie. One, oh. two, three. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Katie. Thank,
2: thank you, Katie. Thank you. Katie.
4: We That's are sorry. the Lobos. Katie, we're, we're, thank look. you again. I oh, know. Thank
3: thank you guys so much. This was an absolute blast. I don't I don't get to have this much fun all the time on these, so thank you.
4: Katie, before absolute. you go, look. <gasps>